broadcasting in Memphis, Tennessee. It's time for Cerrito Live. Here's your host, Kevin Cerrito. Greetings and salutations. We are live from high atop Mount Moriah. I'm back in studio today before the rest of the summer. We got an action-packed edition of the program scheduled this morning as we take you up to high noon, as we do each and every Saturday here on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Coming up at 11 is the wrestling hour. We talk about professional wrestling on the radio every Saturday at 11 after a three-week hiatus. It's back today. It's back with Jerry the King Lawler right at 11 o'clock. We also have Andrew Goldstein, a former WWE creative team member, is going to join us. We got the mass commentator from 901 Wrestling uh, stopping in as well because I'll be out at the rec room tonight at 901 Wrestling. Uh, only five bucks. That's all it takes to get you inside the door. It's a lot of fun if you've never seen a family-friendly event at the rec room. Uh, that is tonight. So we'll talk about that later on this hour. Uh, my co-partier, Anthony Sane from the Memphis Flyer, who who filled in on this show for, for so uh, many weeks in my absence, uh, regular guest host of this program. He will join us. Uh, he writes about the Grizzlies for the Memphis Flyer he will help us talk about the draft because the most of this first hour will all be about uh, what has happened with your Memphis Grizzlies here over the past seven days. And we always start the program uh, talking about what we will remember from the past week in Memphis sports. And we do that with Jessica Benson from Local 24. And she joins us now. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce to you. He's a friend of mine, yes, yes I am, and he goes by the name. <laughs> good. That wonderful song. <laughs> yes, good morning. Okay, good Jess- morning. Jessica, since the last time that we spoke, both you and Mark Gasol got a ring. Oh my gosh, Wow. It has been that long, but yes, I think, I don't know, Mark Gasol might have celebrated his ring a little better than I celebrated my ring, but I I did okay. I'll give myself some credit. I was like maybe three-fourths of the way to a Mark Gasol chugging wine in a parade mode. But you got to celebrate getting your ring with your friends. Mark really didn't get to do that, right? These are his, you know, his new 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 friends. New friends who this. (laughs) Yeah, it was a little different. I I had my old friends, so they protect me a little bit more mark was just you know out in the open he just had to had to do it by himself but he did it well he made it look very fun to win an nba championship well uh let me publicly congratulate you and chris and thank you as well for hosting the show last week so absolutely we had a great time we uh you know now that we're still not married that's (laughs) what we're changing it to we're like adjusting but it actually it works really well because so this whole time we said that our podcast the still not engaged podcast, which you can find season one on all places that you find podcasts for. Uh, we always said we were going to advance it into like the still not brand. So still not married and then still not parents and then still not divorced is like the ultimate goal there. And then if we get divorced, I guess like that's the end. But uh, we have a new thing that everyone keeps asking us. Because it, before it was, why aren't you engaged? You've been dating for six years. Why aren't you engaged? Now it's, what's your date? Like, right. everybody. It's amazing. What's your date? I don't know what my date is. We just got engaged. 
ago. So I would like to tell everyone our date is very far away. <laughs> keep asking because it just helps fuel the brand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you all definitely know what, especially in the South, you get even more of it, right? Uh, the the forecasting of when are you going to do the next step of your relationship? It's such like get out of my business. Yes. Why <laughs> are there so many steps? Just let me live. Come on. <laughs> like, enjoy this moment that just happened, and then get to the next moment. Why you yes. always got to be planning to the to the next step in your in, in your relationship and in life because you're only just going to keep getting older and older. Exactly, and let me enjoy being like fun and engaged before I allegedly become a bridezilla and have to plan a wedding, which does not sound like my cup of tea, <laughs> to be honest. So, so I'm, I'm just, yeah, still not we'll engaged. Podcast the the finale. You're you're calling it the season finale because it's just getting season finale, um, correct? Because and it'll get its rebrand in July, probably our first still not married episode. So I, we're calling it season two ish. Uh, will be in July. So find that wherever you get your podcast. It's uh, Jessica. She hosts it with her now fiance, Chris Luther of Action News 5. And and if you want to know how the engagement happened, special edition, the, the finale was like almost it's about an hour long and in great detail. I listened to it this week and uh, fantastic, great story. And I highly recommend the podcast, but uh, start from the beginning and work your way through, right? And get to uh, to the to this, not the finale of this season. And how many, so the other one could be two seasons that's still not married. Yeah, absolutely. It could, it could be, who knows? It could be like infinite season. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just keep piling it on year after year. Uh, Yeah, I think we'll probably, I tell people like, maybe not next summer, but the summer after. I know that seems very far away, but we're just going to take our, take our sweet time. I mean, does you're, you're just planning for the future, just like this new Grizzlies front office, right? Like the, 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 who knows exactly. This is the come. this is the long game, Kevin. <laughs> this is the long game, and we're you gotta have some patience with us. It's a very it's a perfect metaphor fit in with the Grizzlies. What a week for me to be back on the air, back talking to you on the air because the, there's yes, Marcus all won a, a ring. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, but like the biggest sports stories were not happening in driving distance, right? And but here we are now. Stuff is happening at FedEx Forum. Press conferences are happening at FedEx Forum. There was a new coach, by the way. I guess I, that did happen while I was gone. But <laughs> the Grizzlies yeah. do have a new coach. But now we talked extensively about that last week. <laughs> they've got uh, yeah. Here he's he's uh, an accountant or something. He's he's good. But, yeah, well, Chris, yeah, he's he's got his business degree. Okay, so he's he got knows, he knows what's up. Yeah, he can. Uh, the, he Help seems finances. The uh, so the Taylor Jenkins is his name, Taylor Jenkins. But so the Grizzlies, the big news of the week that started the we knew we knew going into the week that uh, the draft was going to be what we would be t- probably talking about on Saturday. But there was the chance of the Mike Conley trade, but that could have happened in July uh, once free agency began. But it happened before the draft, which submitted and really gave a spoiler. Really, in this anti-spoiler era that we live in, I'm kind of upset at the Grizzlies for making this trade before draft night. It was too big of a spoiler. At least we could kind of have some speculation of will they screw the pickup going into Thursday night. But they spoiled it by trading Mike Conley, which pretty much made sure that we knew that that John Morant was going to be the next big piece in the future of, of the franchise. Yeah, and I'm kind of mad too now thinking about it. I hadn't thought of it in this way, but obviously it's the summer. It's it's slow times. They also just piled on all of the big news in a week. Like, couldn't they have saved me something for, you know, mid-July when nothing's going on? That would have been great. So, yeah, I agree with you. But, yes, so we get 
yeah. Now I'm going to be stuck mid-July. It's, you know, baseball, baseball, baseball. I could have really used like a crazy Mike Connolly trade day in there, but oh right. well. And, and yeah. like I said, it certainly gave away what they were going to do on Thursday night by taking John Morant with that number two pick. Obviously, it was like the second worst kept secret of the draft by the time it got here. But it was so, so I was down at FedEx Forum for their watch party. I know you had your trivia watch party too. So I would assume that the reaction where you were was the same as the reaction where I was, which was just like total elation. People were so excited. It was such a long way away from, you know, nowadays we're very excited about Darren Jackson Jr. being here. But just a year ago, people were booing that pick, which is still crazy to me to think about. But on Thursday night, it was just complete happiness. And it was cool to see a fan base that kind of, you know, just by nature, Grizzlies fans tend to get a little apathetic sometimes, I think, and just assume the worst and assume that maybe the front office will somehow, some way, screw up something that seems like such an easy and obvious choice to make. And, and they didn't, and people were ready for it, and they weren't surprised by it, and they were just ready to accept it and ready to usher in John Morant as the point guard of the future. Yet certainly people this week were sad about Mike Connolly leaving, but it just felt, you know, it was time. And we've talked about it before on the show, like it was time for him to go and he wanted to go and he deserved to go and potentially go off to a contender. And for what the Grizzlies ended up getting back, obviously it's TBD for how that all works. I don't know your feelings on Grayson Allen, but would love to hear them. Suddenly there's like a big (laughs) Grayson Allen fan club in Memphis, Tennessee, which I feel is very interesting. And then obviously there's people who think he just trips people all day, every day. But to see what the Grizzlies are going to be able to do with what they got back for Mike Conley, especially given that they end up taking that first rounder from this year, they move up. They take Brandon Clark from Gonzaga, who I love. I'm a West Coast person. I love Gonzaga. People sometimes are like, it was actually funny earlier in the night when uh, the Wizards took Rui Hachimura, someone said, oh, Gonzaga products, they never work out in the NBA. Gonzaga <laughs> players, they're just not good NBA players. And then, you know, an hour later, the Grizzlies trade up for Brandon Clark and everyone in that room was like, what a great pick. He is going to succeed. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> we just took a hard turn on how you were feeling about Gonzaga players. But I agree. I think Brandon Clark really complements what the Grizzlies are looking for. They, he gives Jaron Jackson Jr. some nice cushion on the side defensively great shot blocker and then like everyone and their mother has been saying how fun is it going to be to see John Morant throw up lobs and alley-oops to Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark it's going to be fun and that is going to be what next season about next season is not going to be about wins it's going to be just like my engagement it's going to be fun and you're going to have to be patient with the product but (laughs) it really (laughs) is going to be like yeah, it's just going to be a young, fun season. And, like, you're going to end up on Sports Center. You're going to get Memphis back in the national conversation. Eyeballs are going to be on here. And that's what you want. So I think in terms of the short-term success, that's a positive. And there's nothing at this point in time, This what week are we in June? The final week in June? Second to last week in June? Like, you should be nothing but pleased for the Grizzlies right now. Absolutely. So, yeah, as as you mentioned, so much happening. We we'll, let's try to we'll break it down here. Each little individual portion of of this uh, uh, week for the Grizzlies, right? But 
And the more you got me thinking about it, like last week was the coaching change too. There's like three big things you can that can happen with your NBA team besides winning the, the actual championship, and that is getting a top pick in the draft. That is hiring a coach and uh, it trading your your star player. And all three of those happened within a week. So a, a very uh, fast, very uh, fast moving summer for the Grizzlies. All the big stories pushed together. Uh, much more happening with the Grizzlies here than what happened at the end of Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, they, the Game of Thrones writers really could have taken some notes on how to jam a whole bunch of things into a very short period of time and still leave people satisfied. Exactly. The, yeah, so it was, I was at Rec Room, and it was packed there. It says a lot. I mean, the FedEx Forum looked like they had a great crowd. And uh, I did, do this draft party every year. So even if the Grizzlies don't like have just a second-round pick, which happens probably too often, <laughs> that yeah. we're still doing these draft parties. And I there's nothing... There's nothing like it when they have a, like the number two pick, and we've had it before, but to, to see Hashim Tabit get selected, you're not going to get this reaction, this pandemonium. Usually, you always watch the draft on TV, and you see New York City, and their reaction is always a big deal because they're the ones there. I think throughout the country, most teams, unless you have one of these top picks that are obvious, you often get that reaction probably from the fan bases. I would guess the New York City reaction you see uh, on television is at the local draft parties often the reaction from those fan bases because they there's not an obvious pick outside of certain spots and to have it where you're going to a draft where everybody's on the same page this is who we need to select you got to have the first or second pick uh, more than likely to get the type of reaction we had on a draft night uh, the other day so that that was awesome that was awesome and, yeah and I mean it's you know it's like it kind of was nice I guess that they did butted up against the Conley trade because you really were able to usher out the past and kind of say goodbye to the end of the grit and grind era, which I think we can all agree is, is done. It's like, we respect it. We appreciate it. We love it. Build the statues at FedEx forum, go for it. But it's officially the door has been shut on grit and grind. And you open up the door of this new era days later where John Morant is coming in and you have, Brandon Clark, too. I mean, Brandon Clark's a little bit older. I think he's like 23, maybe? I don't yeah, know. Like 22 exactly. or 23. I was confused. So on draft, yeah, on draft night, I was like, all right, well, tell me about that. Okay, Anthony Sainz up there, and these are the other guys who know more about the late picks. I hadn't been looking at the late picks at all because the Grizzlies didn't get one until the day before. And I'm like, well, tell me about this guy. I know I had Gonzaga going far in my bracket, but they're like, well, he's like 22. And I didn't know if they were telling me the pick number that he was picked or that was his age. You know, it's like, is that the, is that the IQ on the back of your jersey or, you know, is that your age or what on the back of where you got selected? So anyway, it, it, it he's somewhere around the, where he got drafted, which is very rare that you're the same yeah, age. I that you get drafted. He's, 20, he's 22. He's so 22. He, he got old. drafted at 21. Yeah. So he's close. And the Grizzlies had the 23. Get, <laughs> so That's a lot of early twenties, a right. rough time for all of us. Right. Exactly. Uh, but so you have, but you still have this like youth movement coming in to Memphis, and you know you have another nineteen-year-old in John Morant, and you just hired a young coach. You have a relatively young front office. It's you know it's really a new wave coming in to Memphis, and the thing is, is like even though you're saying goodbye to grit and grind, if you're still you still have a very Memphis story with both of these guys coming in, like John Morant. You know, goes to Murray State. He's that kid who has always been a little over, un, underlooked or overlooked, overlooked, um, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> underlooked, overlooked, whatever. Yeah, same difference. Yeah, but 
someone who's had to work his way through and continuing to prove employees with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. You have Brandon Clark, who went small school, started at San Jose State, transferred to Gonzaga. And Gonzaga, yes, is you know a basketball powerhouse, but it's still Gonzaga in little Spokane, Washington. So you have these players who still fit in with the Memphis narrative. And I think I think that's one of the reasons people were so excited for John Morant. Like, yes, he has these flashy highlights and you're excited about the dunks and you see his vision on the court and you're like, oh my God, this guy is great. I mean, he's going to be phenomenally fun to watch. But off the court, you have this guy that you, he just fits in so well in Memphis already. And he had his press conference yesterday at FedEx Forum and people were people were there, it was open to the public and there was a fair amount of people there for a you know Friday afternoon at two o'clock. And it just felt like there was already this relationship between the city and him, and he already feels connected and within within the Memphis community. Now, same can't happen for Brandon Clark because it's my new least favorite thing about the NBA is that his, he's not officially a member of the Memphis Grizzlies until things can go through on July 6th, so they can't even talk about him at this point, and he obviously could not be there yesterday. I actually had a old coworker who worked in Spokane text me yesterday say, hey, can you send us some some footage of the Brandon Clark press conference after it happens? And I was like, well, check back in on July 6th, and I'm sure I can help you out there. But in the meantime, uh, the focus is all on Jaw, and it was nice to have, you know, he is your, your number two pick, and it was nice to be able to give him the full attention at that press conference yesterday. His whole family was there. He's very, you know, involved with his family on draft night. His suit had family photos actually sewn into the inside of his suit, which I thought was really cool and touching. Uh, his dad got a lot of social media love and attention for his sweet outfit and hat on oh, draft yes. night. His dad was there last night. So, I mean, he already like has that Memphis vibe going about him. And most importantly, I mean, not most importantly, but <laughs> it, he did also clarify some comments that he made before about South Carolina barbecue being equal to Memphis barbecue. He said he was sorry. He didn't really take back, like looking back on it, he didn't really take it back, but he said he was sorry. So I think he's cool in everyone's book. It's been, uh, let's go. We can move forward. (laughs) Yeah. His first scandal. Now, this is, this is something. So John Moran became a grizzly Thursday night in the first big controversy surrounding him. Not a big deal when we look at, you know, Zach Randolph having drug compartments in his SUV type of scandals that got ignored. This one getting more attention than that, really. And the fact that, so John Moran. Uh, he said he'd liked South Carolina barbecue, or he said it was better than Memphis. I just thought he said he liked it. I think he said it was equal. It was equal. Like that it was as good. Is how the way I took it. And okay, so he said it was just as good. And so he is what? He is nineteen, twenty. Yeah. How old is he? So nineteen. He he's just a young man. I don't know why anybody would would get upset about this. He just hasn't. <laughs> He hasn't tried. Like, what have your tastes changed since you were in college? Probably. Yes. I mean, I still eat chicken fingers for like ninety percent of meals when I go out. But yes, yeah. my taste buds have t- changed dramatically. But he he was eating chicken fingers on draft. <laughs> anyone who's like still eating chicken fingers regularly deserves to have you know some flexing opinions on all food. So I mean, so to me, it was like a bless your heart moment. Like, oh, this young, this young yeah, he's so young, he's got a lot to learn still. Yes, and you have to learn how to pander to your new market, too. He'll be right. telling you Memphis next year. He'll be telling you Memphis barbecue after a year is the best thing he's ever eaten, even if he still thinks South Carolina barbecue is just as good. But, like, only in Memphis, truly, can you have the word scandal and 
barbecue opinion in the same sentence because that's just, I saw someone on Twitter be like, man, Memphis, you are so defensive about your barbecue. And it's so true. It just, it gets people so riled up. But yes, he, he's very, I mean, again, he's 19 years old and he's a kid and you see him up there at his press conference yesterday. And it's like the whole world is in front of him. All, you know, his, his entire future is <laughs> sitting there in front of him and, you know, yeah, let the kid have his own opinions at uh, this point in time and just go on from there. But he, he'll, he'll learn. I mean, it's, I just, he'll I learn. Just, and I think, I just think he's going to be, I think he's going to be just a really likable. I mean, that's what they want. Like they want him as the, the future point guard. I mean, Zach Kleiman came out and said that they shut down any trade offers, any call, any trade calls, and that they knew that John Morant was going to be the point guard of their future. And with being the point guard of their future, it's also the face of their future. So I think he's a really likable kid. I hate saying kid, but that, you know, at 19, it feels I'm so old at this point. But uh, I think it's going to be really fun to watch him grow up into his, you know, into his NBA career here in Memphis. Yeah, I get this 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 scandal. I mean, this scandal, this barbecue scandal. I as Memphians, we do love debating barbecue. What barbecue is best, right? But usually, it's like an internal. Like, which where you like to go? Oh, I like barbecue shop. I like uh, I like the barbecue at uh, one and only barbecue or Central Barbecue. And everybody's got their favorite locally. But there's like you cannot say you have a favorite outside the city without some people getting upset. But it's I mean, there's other places. It's not like he said Nashville had better barbecue, right? Like if you would have said Nashville had better barbecue, then maybe we could try to, to hold this kid. Account. Accountable, but at the same time, Nashville's close to Kentucky. Maybe he's been there more. But he didn't say that. He just said South Carolina. Thank goodness. At least he knows not to say he's, anything Nashville related. Just early stage in his in his Memphis life. There's there's a, there's other good barbecue out there. We have the best. And when you are the best at something, you shouldn't be concerned when other people think something below you is better. I mean, that's fine. You don't punch down, you punch up, right? And like we're at the top of the mountain. We are sitting on the barbecue iron throne. And like literally at barbecue fest <laughs> and like <laughs> we, uh, we, we should not be concerned. Come on, Memphians. Don't be concerned when other people say other bar. They just don't know. They just don't know. And you can help educate them, send them to the places in Memphis and they will change their opinion if they think barbecue is better outside of this area. But to me, it was like, yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's like you, you run into somebody and they say, Oh, I, I like parks and rec better than the office. And you're like, what? You like parks and rec? Like they're both great shows. Most people like the office better. But there are people who like Parks and Rec, and there's people like me, most people, most people with a brain, you can enjoy both of them. So <laughs> I think we are all entitled to our opinions. I can't believe Sometimes it. Sometimes we forget that. That's his first. I, it just, this goes back to like the Jerry Snow Cones controversy. I know. Stuff. that's. I, I was thinking about that. I it's like, like, oh. my goodness. It's not all in Memphis, too. It's the social media age that we're in. and uh, the, It's a really easy, quick trigger anger. Like just you, like why are you mad? Don't get mad. It's stupid. Just move on. Let let someone have their opinion and just move on with that. We had so John Morant uh, drafted uh, number two overall. The Grizzlies did not screw it up. It was a very just everybody positive reactions across uh, national media, local. This is, it really has never happened. I think uh, maybe since the, the first ever Memphis Grizzlies draft, when there was not uh, as enormous of a fan base as there is today uh, in this city uh, for for the team. The Grizzlies did trade, so we've got. Uh, you know, our new GM is ready. He got his new toys already uh, uh, in the draft, got this um, pick, this 23 pick, and they did not waste any time to start maneuvering it around the pick coming from Mike Conley trade. So the Mike Conley trade, uh, for those who don't know, because you know, Jessica, we have people listen 
And they, they may not know the details because they just get all their sports That's news correct. here. This is like, you know, they get they get their news every week from John Oliver. They get their sports news from us. <laughs> and I, I like that. I like we're like the irreverent sports news for them of the Saturday morning. We've got break it down. So the day before the draft, the Grizzlies spoiled it, which actually was probably good that they spoiled it. Because they didn't spoil it. They didn't say, come out and say we're taking John Morant. But because of their move for Mike Conley, it's like when you're watching a show and you're like a TV show. Okay, I know where they're going with this now. Uh, I think they're building to something awesome. And let's They're get, leading you in that direction. And they did end up doing that, right? If they traded him and then did not draft John Moran, then you're like, what in the hell? But so they traded Mike Conley uh, to the Utah Jazz, which is going to be a contender, especially in this new Western Conference. So we uh, could be having uh, the city of Utah, as Mike Conley first tweeted the other day. I don't know if you saw that. Hey, he, we all, yes, we, yeah, all make, we, all we all make mistakes. This is why Twitter needs an edit button. Exactly. I stand by it forever and always. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, the he, great city of Utah. He, he, he meant. Salt Lake City. That's he, far away from Memphis. Like you know. <laughs> he yeah yeah. It was a, it was he he noticed the mistake, deleted and tweeted it back out, which I think is always the best strategy if you can get caught, get it done, and or try to erase it. But I appreciate that he acknowledged right. the mistake. Like because sometimes people just delete and redo, and we ignore. But I appreciated that he said I made a mistake. That's why Mike Conley will always be yeah accidentally yeah accidentally. <laughs> Accidentally calling the, the the city of Utah. That just had to be like he typed something out, changed some wording, oh, yeah. and f- didn't realize he changed the wording to make it, it you know completely geog- the the wrong geography, uh, <laughs> like the city of Utah. But I mean, maybe I mean, look, I mean, this the Toronto Raptors, but it was Canada's team. So we, and we had the Golden State Warriors. It's very confusing. It's confusing this week. Uh, recently, if you don't know your NBA teams, like where where do they play? <laughs> Who are they representing? What is happening? Canada just won the, the the NBA championship. They were playing a Golden State. What state is that? Do they? How many electoral college votes do they get? And it's all confusing for people. And but, what bridge do they use to get to Oracle Arena? It's you know, it's all very confusing. It's they, not the Golden Gate Bridge. My which my is San Francisco living fiance screams at the TV <laughs> every single time. <laughs> Those of you who don't know, you cannot take the Golden Gate Bridge to get to Oracle. Which, when William, the new, of course, the new arena opened. This was one of my frustrations where I was like, ah, I'm watching the NBA finals and, you know, I'm not on the, I'm off, taken off uh, from being on the radio. And I'm like, I am, this is bothering me that they kept saying this is the last game in Oracle, last game in Oracle, last game in Oracle. And I'm like, why don't y'all ever say it's just the last game in Oakland? Like, this team is moving to a brand new city. This is like, so true. Give Oakland some respect. Like, some I would be so ticked if I would, because it is a big deal for the city of Oakland that they're, that they're losing this team. It's not, I guess people who don't live there, it just seems like, oh, they're just the same place, but uh, it's not. First, the Raiders, now Oakland, right. now Oracle. It's, you know, but it's Oracle. Oracle being the site of Mike Conley's greatest moment uh, as the Memphis Grizzlies, the the mass game where he came back after being out for multiple games in the NBA playoffs, game two of the second round in the in the NBA playoffs, comes back wearing the mask, a bloodied eye, and helps lead the Grizzlies to a victory on the road at this Oracle Arena, right? They got put over more than anything in the NBA Finals, like how great this arena is. And, and that was Conley's uh, biggest moment. It is a thing of legend that I, it will be uh, very difficult for uh, another Grizzly to to match. I'm sure it will happen. Um, and Mike Conley was really hurt. He didn't, he didn't like, leave the game. He wasn't wearing that mask because he had to go poop, right? Like, he... <laughs> He was, was really hurt. Where he really needed it. <laughs> he needed it. 
Maybe if they, maybe Grace and Allen can wear a mask and it'll make them more likable next season. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you said that. So in the trade, you got Kyle Corver, who may or may <laughs> not get get bought out. Kyle Corver, uh, Jay Crowder, Crowder, and so they are, the, the people in the trade are not as important to me as the actual uh, picks. But I mean, because they did get this 23 pick this year that they flipped over to the 21 pick, and we broke that down, and and so. The, Amazing. The Grizzlies had two first round picks when a, a month or so ago, you're like, they may not have any picks this year. And, yeah. and so it's such a turnaround. And they got a future first round pick coming. And they also got a current, like, reigning first round pick in Grayson Allen coming to the team. I, I just got to say, like, if, it, if this trade, I am all for this trade. I thought it was one of the best trades the Grizzlies have made in a long, long time. If not, it's a top trade in Grizzlies uh, franchise history to me. Because after you watch these big superstars get traded in the NBA, including Marcus Gasol, the idea to get a first-round pick in return is very difficult. They got, really, they got three. If you count Grayson Allen, I don't, you know, people want to have their difference of opinion on him. He did not have a great rookie season. But you got a first round pick from last year, a first round pick for this year, and a, a first round pick for a future year. Three first round picks for Mike Conley, who's never made an All Star team. I like, I and I, I know, agent Mike Conley. Right. You know, that's the thing. When it first came out, you're in the camp of you were very excited about it. It was very polarizing. Like there wasn't a ton of middle ground going on in the in the Twitter uh, black hole of conversation around the Conley trade. But it was it was crazy to me how. You know, it was either people hated it and thought, oh, my gosh, like the Grizzlies did not get anything for Mike Conley. And then there were people who kind of thought, you know, a little bit with a little more vision. And I think I don't I don't know and I don't want to speak for other people, but I would think that maybe seeing the Grizzlies, you know, turn that 23rd pick this year into the 21st, take a guy like Brandon Clark, you know, it looks smart. It, it That trade even bumped up in its value already and you know who knows Brandon Clark you don't you never know if someone's going to completely hit he could be a complete bust but he certainly has the tools and he has the potential to get there and to be a a key piece to this new look Grizzlies team that we're going to start to see and and the same thing for Grace now like maybe he comes to Memphis maybe this is where he flourishes and he's just been waiting he's a little you know caterpillar waiting to bloom in Memphis and become right. a butterfly so I think long term, it was a very, it was a very savvy move by the front office, and it should be a very, seen as a very encouraging move by the front office because, like the John Moran thing, that's that's luck. Like that's the way the ping pong balls fell, and you would have to, as we've said, like, screw it up pretty badly to not take John Moran, to not turn that luck into a, in a pretty good selection in this year's draft. Um, but for the Conley trade. It showed their vision. It showed how they're thinking. And I think if you're a Grizzlies fan, like you should be encouraged by what you've seen early here by this front office in the last couple of weeks. Oh, I, I totally agree. Because if you're, if you're against, against this trade, like you're overvaluing Mike Conley, I guess. Remind me not to play fantasy football with you if you thought this was a bad trade because uh, you're going to decline every one of my trade offers because you overvalue your players and you're, you're – this just no, no fun, really, because it stop. Uh, it, it's baffling. I don't know if it's the Duke thing and people got uh, reacting for the Grayson Allen because he went to Duke. I'm like, where does that come from? I know we all hate Duke when it comes to March, right? <laughs> and you're filling out your bracket. But, Jessica, before you got here, before the grit and grind era, before the grit and grind era here in Memphis, there was one player 
that was the unanimous consensus most popular Grizzly player of all time. And his name was Shane Battier, and he went to Duke. Without question, he was everybody's number one. Who's the best? Who's your favorite Grizzly ever? Before the grit and grind era began, it was Shane Battier. And, of course, he got to come back and be a part, uh, making the shot to win the first ever uh, playoff game in franchise history, which which launched the grit and grind era to, to where we are, or where it has just concluded, I guess, today uh, and this week. But Shane Battier went to Duke, y'all. If you're out there hating on Grayson Allen because he went to Duke, Shane Battier Still, he's probably number five on the list when everybody, uh, he's in everybody's top five favorite Grizzly ever, Shane Battier. Uh, come on now. He went to Duke. We love Shane Battier. Why you got to hate on Grayson Allen? Yeah. Just because he went to Duke. Obviously, but, well, I don't think it's just because he went to Duke. It's just because of okay. everything that. He was a first round pick to me. A first round pick that went to Duke. That's what, let's see what, what he can do. He's seen as a, he, had that whole dirty player yeah. narrative around him in college, and maybe he is a dirty player. I mean, he he has a tripping problem, but maybe he <laughs> solved that tripping problem. Maybe he's grown up because uh, he's a heel. So you're saying he's somewhat of a he's got he he tripped someone uh, is a, a, the other reason. Yeah, yeah, I see that, but it's it's the Duke part. Um, it's that he underperformed, but at the end of the day, he was a first round pick from Duke, uh, and this is going into his, his sophomore year. And you, it, who knows if you're a Grizzlies fan, you know change of scenery can really help a player. It can hurt a player. You know, see Chandler Parsons, Absolutely. right? But it can really help. Like uh, some, when you get a player who just needs to be in the right situation and get the right number of minutes uh, with the right Because he's probably going to start for this team. Yeah. Speaking of Chandler Parsons, he's now the longest tenured <laughs> Grizzly, <laughs> which is insane. It was such a, such a fantastic uh, statistic. Right there, yeah. I love it. I love it. All right, so we are we are running past time. We're gonna have it's gonna be a fun, fun uh, summer. I hope. I mean, because it's summer league. John Morant's not gonna play. John Morant is not playing in summer league. But I is would. our coach? Not to, the, is it true that the, the our new head coach is gonna be there? He is. Yep. So, uh, so he that, will be there. We can see how our John Morant <laughs> not playing. We'll see how the coach works. But the the really, it's not. I was gonna say it's gonna be such an exciting summer, but really, all the excitement has just happened. We, I know. Like I said, I'm a little nervous <laughs> selling content through all of July. <laughs> the uh, well, in this interview with the question that you asked John Moran, I'm going to ask it to you. So, so uh, prior to going into this draft process, Jessica, what did you know about Memphis, and, and what have you learned uh, leading up to John John Morant uh, landing here? Um, I knew Elvis and <laughs> Justin Timberlake, obviously, and I knew uh, the Mississippi River. And okay. was, I didn't even know Memphis was a barbecue place, to be honest. Like, I just, I had been here twice as a kid. I went to Great, I sat outside Graceland. My dad and I sat in the car. My mom really wanted to go to Graceland, and my dad did not. So we sat in the car. It's expensive. Went to Graceland. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and that was, that was my memory and knowledge of Memphis. And now I have learned, just as many people said in the press conference, actually, Anthony Sane said it. And I, he said it perfectly. You know, everyone says, if you love this city, it will love you back. And it will show you love back. And I think that's beyond true. And I like to think that both Chris and I have fully dived into Memphis. And uh, I love it a little bit more every day. And I find something new to love about it every day. So I hope that John Morant has the same experience here. And tonight he's doing the guitar smash for 901 FC's game, which is so Memphis. And it'll be a great ushering in to him of the city and it's going to be a great crowd out there tonight. Um, and that's, yeah, I think 
He's I've just learned that I've just <laughs> mostly I've just learned that Memphis is such an underrated place. Truly, I say that all the time, and and Memphis constantly, you know, deserves to have ambassadors out there talking about Memphis and letting people know how great it is. Not too great because you don't want like too many people to start coming here and become mini Nashville. We don't need that, but no. it's a really cool place, and I think John Morant is well on his way to learning just how great of a home it is. Yeah, tonight it's tonight, right? He's tonight. John Moran is going to be sma- smashing your fears that there's nothing to talk about going forward this summer. Yeah, well, you can at least I, I show was this. thinking of how to do my show tonight. I was like, oh, thank goodness he's doing the guitar smash. <laughs> I have full content, and he'll talk after that. But what type so, of? Because yeah. I, I, I heard you and Chris talk about it on the show last week. We are in first pitch season, is what you called it. Oh, but we'll it, have that too. Okay, great. It's Thanks for the reminder. We're we're slowly getting into like guitar smash is the new first pitch in this town. Yeah, uh, which is awesome. Yeah, which is like, where yeah. else do you have that? That's so cool. It is. It is pretty awesome. I am still sad that they are not using the silky goats, as we talked about earlier, way long ago on the show. We thought that they should have, you know, the goats as mascots. So yeah, I, still I, I, I'm going to have to go. I have not been to a game yet, so I'm going to put that on my to do. I know the season is long. I think it goes on. I till... haven't been as a fan, and that's on my to do list. Like I want to be able to go have a beer or two and watch the team because it looks like a blast like bluff city mafia looks like maybe the most fun fan base in the city <laughs> truly no like, yeah, no they do they time. they yeah man my goodness they are they're 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 outstanding they need the, the grizzlies need uh something like that and they actually tried that at some point <laughs> uh have uh, their own little fan section um <laughs> in, in, in fedex form during the, the old days the pre-grit and grind days all right jessica uh thanks so much uh it's great catching up with you we Absolutely. went past time we'll try to make it a little bit shorter next week but i know everybody listening uh has enjoyed catching up and uh are excited for you in the in the uh, big big engagement Thank and you. john moran it's a great time to be a memphian with all this stuff happening uh watch jessica tonight Local 24 Jessica on Twitter. You can watch tonight on Channel 24, giving you all your sports highlights. And I will talk to you next week, Jessica. Have a good one. Thank you. Jessica Benson um, has embraced Memphis. We'll see uh, John Morant as, as well. Get on board. Uh, new top pick. I think, he, I think he will. All right, coming up, the man who we just referenced, Anthony Sane. I'll ask him the same question he asked. This is what I'm doing. I'm asking. This is what I do now. I asked the reporters the questions they asked the people and see what they have to say. I'm going to ask Anthony Sane the question that he asked John Morant when we come back. You're listening to Surreal Live here on Sports 86 and 87.7 FM. From Penny, the Tiger player. Through Penny, the Tiger coach. Well, I think the, the main game plan is we can teach you. We're going to develop you. We're going to get you better. For over 25 years, we have been real sports talk for Memphis in the Mid-South. Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Now, back to Cerrito Live on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back. Thanks for making us a part of your weekend. I'm back. It was great to be back in studio. They remodeled. It's taken me still a second to get used to this uh, new setup here at Flynn Broadcasting. But we're rolling on through. Coming up at 11, we'll talk wrestling. The King is scheduled to join us. He'll be at the airport. He's flying 
from somewhere to somewhere today, as, as he usually does on the weekends. But he's going to try to take some time to talk to us, uh, some interesting uh, things to talk to uh, Jerry the King Lawler about when we talk about wrestling on the radio at 11 o'clock. But right now we're going to continue our conversation about your Memphis Grizzlies and a big week uh, for that franchise. And we're going to do that with the uh, co-host of the Outsiders podcast. He is the Grizzlies writer for the Memphis Flyer. He co-host did or guest hosted this show. He was a co-host last week. Guest hosted this show uh, a couple of the past uh, weeks here while I was out. His name is Anthony Sane and he joins me now. Good morning, Sane. Serena, what's up, bro? Oh, I, I left off uh, my uh, co-partier. We had a, a lot of fun at the record. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had a good time, man. I, yeah, we had a blast. Shout out to everybody who came out uh, to rec room, packed house, excited fan base. Uh, really, uh, I really want to try, like, try to like hold on to that moment, Anthony, because really, like, it's, it's going to be a minute before that excitement uh, returns, right? It's going to be fun to watch this team, but when are you going to have another just huge moment like that? We're still, we're still a little ways away from having just a moment where everybody's super excited to be a Grizzlies fan. Right. Uh, probably won't be until uh, Vegas Summer League. Uh, when you start getting some of the guys that we can't talk about uh, that were in the trade or whatever from draft night, you'll get a little excitement then, but you won't get to see job play until the preseason, right. of course. Right. So, yeah, <clears> it's, it's really going to be a, a job moment uh, this season. Uh, if the team, when the team, which they probably will, right? A team is probably going to win 20 games this year, but will be able to sneak and get one of those wins they're not supposed to get. I think that's when you're going to get the the next reaction like that. Summer League. I, yeah, mean, I, I know you're going to watch Summer League for me, but I'm not going to be watching it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big-time Summer League guy. I've actually got them winning closer to uh, around 30 games, too. I'm, I'm not into the cap that we're going to be uh, absolutely terrible this season because they're keeping a lot of guys that are uh, they're going to have a, a few vets still on the team. So, you know, the team showed flashes of, of, of life last year, so I think they'll be closer to 30 this one. I think, I, I, that's fine. You know, hopefully they all stay healthy, and, and that's that's uh, definitely a, a possibility with the wide open West, right? That's right. Uh, as, as we mentioned. So the again, big thanks to everybody who came out to the rec room. Uh, your 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 podcast partner Cam Rose was out there. CJ Hurd mm-hmm. uh, stopping by. Thanks for your help. Uh, it was lots of fun to watch. You know, oh yeah, uh, uh, to watch the draft. Watch, you know, try to find out who knows what about uh, Grizzlies knowledge and give away some cool prizes and uh, just have some fun at Rec Room. I'll be back out there tonight. Are you going to be, are you coming to wrestling tonight? Yeah, I'll be there tonight. It's also good to see, to kind of put names and faces to Twitter names that uh, people you interact with on Twitter, message boards, whatever, that you've never actually seen before and meeting them for the first time. That's a cool thing. And I sold some t-shirts that night too. So yeah, you sold some t-shirts. <laughs> Where's your website? Shout it out. Where people can get your shirts? Because I know you got you got the first John Morant shirts. Yeah, I've got actually four John Morant shirts on my the first uh, four. <laughs> the, the core, core four, four shirts. <laughs> yeah, it's Asylum, like the Insane Asylum. A S Y L U M T T E E S nine hundred one dot com. Uh, I've got plenty of shirts there. A lot of Memphis name things, things that you uh, hear that are distinctive to Memphis. I got uh, some sports shirts. Uh, of course, I got the four John Moran shirts. This is just a website that I have. I also do uh, custom tees as well. So if anyone wants anything custom made by me, I make those as well. Awesome. Did you give the Grizzlies – so did you grade the draft? Did you grade this week? Did you grade the trade? Uh, the Mike Conley trade combined with this draft, you could package together, give it one grade. What would you give it? Oh, it's an A+. Plus. Uh, I don't think they could have done done any better, actually. Uh, I was still kind of waiting to see on the, on the trade. But the more I just dissected the trade and looked into it, just an excellent move uh, to free up 
caps to free up uh, a taxi, uh, not tax exception, a trade exception for Mike Conley, um, and also getting a young player in Grayson Allen and getting two vets in Jay Crowder and Kyle Corver, who are very tradable salaries if you want to trade those guys later in the season. I just really think they did a great job to get that much return. And then you get uh, the draft pick at 23, which turned out to be uh, – that's my son in the background. <laughs> Had a pick at 23, which turned out to – you traded up for it to be 21. And I heard a couple people who were saying that the Grizzlies – well, they, they that same trade, they could have made it the trade deadline or they could have done it when the season started. Mm-hmm. No, you couldn't because you wouldn't, have had the, you wouldn't have had the 23rd pick in your back pocket to move up to 21 um, to, to, to get the pick that they took at 21. And also, you get the future first-round pick uh, from Utah, which is probably going to be in 2022. And that's a lot for a guy that's aging uh, in Mike Conley, 32 years old, uh, probably at the tail end of his peak, of uh, his prime. And um big contract that Mike has. And I think it's a very nice return for a guy like Mike Conley, who will definitely be missed. But still, I think it was just a great return. Yeah, I can see if you if you want to be kind of indifferent to the trade, whatever. But you just if you think this was a bad trade, there's – it, it, that's nah, that's it, been it, wasn't a, it wasn't a bad trade at all. And this draft night was just awesome to get John Morant, Brandon Clark, two guys who were probably a lot of guys had ranked in the top ten, top five. Like some guys had John Morant and Brandon Clark in their top five prospects from the draft. Right. To come come away with those type of dudes is just a good turnout. This, I mean, because I, I remember, you remember, right? The Pau Gasol trade getting criticized, which turned out to be a pretty good trade as far as mm-hmm. assets and, and that. And I didn't even mention, like, I, I'm such a big fan of this trade. And when I was talking to Jessica earlier, like, I didn't even mention, of course, the, the nerdy cap space elements to it as well, which, oh, were, yeah. which were very positive as you just brought up. So, mm-hmm. like, like the Grayson Allen hate, like, I don't, either way you want to look at it. If you would have picked him or not picked him in the draft last year, he is still a, a first-round pick from last year. You get a first-round pick from this year, and then you get a, a first-round pick in the future. You're getting three first-round picks for Mike Conley. Right, right. And the thing with Grayson Allen, I talked about this on another show that I did as well. I'm, I'm not sure how far I can go on this station as compared to other stations, but there's a certain demographic in the city of Memphis that I know is being really fake about their excitement about Grayson Allen. So I just leave it. <laughs> like they're, they're trying to act like they're not super excited about Grayson Allen, but we know the truth about this. We know that that uh, the, the the Grizzlies team store is going to be selling out of Grayson Allen jerseys soon. You're saying but because like, because he is a white uh, white player? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a white guy. And white people in Memphis are going to be super excited about Grayson Allen. I, I, I've had some pull me to the side and saying you're absolutely right. I can't I, wait to buy my Grayson Allen. I, 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 I just think, yeah, I I think there's there's mixed and crazy criticism. He tripped a guy, right? So people think he's a dirty player. There's people who don't yeah. like him because he's from Duke, and then I got to remind them, like, okay, uh, you didn't uh, like Shane Battier? Like, who didn't like yeah, Shane Battier? Shane Battier, right. And there's another thing, too. Me and someone else talked about this. A lot of guys that we love in the city of Memphis, we're the only people that love these guys. Like, we love Tony Allen and Zach Randolph. Right. Those guys were hated outside of Memphis. Like, they looked, they looked at them the same way we looked at Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. Like, you know, and the stuff that we call dirty when someone else is doing it, we'll call them being tough and grit and grind type guys. And that's the stuff that we'll, that we'll celebrate. Now I'll say this, Grayson Allen is dirty. He's a very dirty player. And there's a, there's a fine line between the stuff that he does and just being flat out. Somebody needs to punch him in the face. But, you, you know, he's a good player, though. Would you say he's the dirtiest, the dirtiest player in the game? Oh, hands down. Hands down. He's probably the dirtiest little dude <laughs> in the NBA. And, 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 that, and, and it really hasn't been seen yet because he didn't play too much. So we don't really know because if you what, look at if you type if you type in Grayson Allen dirty plays and they show the compilation, it's cringe. Like some of the stuff that the guys done on the court, you know what I mean? So that's not gonna that's not gonna matter to the fans once he trips Blake Griffin or Chris Paul at a game. Like we'll be happy, 
right? Like that's that's right, what you're exactly. saying. Like it doesn't like once he, once he's on your team doing stuff, then it's just yeah, the dirty guy. You don't you're not as mad as the dirty guy is. Uh, and he's but at the end, end of the day, no matter what name he wore in his jersey or who he's tripped, like he was a first round pick in last year's draft. Did mm-hmm. not get to play much. Has so has still has potential to really become an NBA player. Like you, there's right. nobody is uh, peaks in their 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 uh, rookie season. I mean, there might be. You can maybe find someone, but like I didn't see anything from his statistics, anything that he did last year to make it be like, oh god, this is a total bust. Like he's got it. Right. He, he might be the shooter that you need on this team. Yeah, and, he could dribble past the shoot. He didn't play much for Utah, and you know, I'm not gonna say he's gonna be good. I don't know what he's gonna be, but I think. You know, he, you know, he deserves a... But it's a playoff you know, team, right? You know, yeah. that was a, right. a good playoff team that he came from. And and, and we know, if you're, you've watched Follow the Grizzlies, when you come in as a you know a, a rookie on a playoff team, you're going to have limited spots and limited opportunities when you do get those spots. And so I'm excited about the Grayson Allen part. So look, tell me, you're excited about... I cannot complain about the Conley trait. Can't complain about the draft. Is there... Can we criticize anything? Like, just for old time's sake, can we criticize something they did this week? Is there anything for old time's sake we can say, oh, man, I can't believe the Grizzlies did this? No, nah, even even going back to the coach hire, a lot of people are kind of indifferent about the coach hire because he's a guy that people don't really know too much about or why they go hire another assistant coach. People have to understand that the Grizzlies organization has a very young front office. And you're looking at, uh, I think, Clyman's 30 years old. Robert Perez, the youngest uh, owner, one of the youngest owners in the NBA. A lot of those guys in their front office are very young guys, and to think that they're going to bring in some older, grizzled, uh, you know, veteran coach, like it's just it's just not going to work. And we'll be in another line of Holland situation again. They brought in the guy that's around the same age, the way the way their same way of thinking, their same culture, the same DNA, who they believe they can come in and they can grow together, and they can and they can mold this guy in the image that they want him to be. And you know to to be the leader of this of this franchise from a coaching aspect, and I don't really knock them for that. Uh, he <clears throat> he uses a lot of coach speak when you ask him questions. He doesn't really answer anything. He just kind of says a lot of things that are pretty much fluff or whatever. Very smart guy, so he knows he knows how to put his words together to kind of get his point across. But I don't. I, I think it's a good pick though, because because to me, uh, the sign of a good coach is a guy who's who recognizes hey. I've got young talent. I've got to develop these guys. I've got to pull the maximum out of a uh, Jaron Jackson, out of a John Moran, out of a Dylan Brooks, out of a Bruno Caboclo, whoever you want to say, uh, on the on the team, and get the most out of those guys, and not just try to coach the, the old way and, and put Jaron in the post or or uh, get him out of the way so Mark can do whatever he's doing. You know, when you have you have to be have a coach who can recognize the talent like Jaron Jackson and say, okay, this is an exceptional talent. Let's get the most out of this young man while he's young. Right, we're talking with Anthony Sane. He is the voice of the voiceless, the president of the Memphis area Mark Gasol fan club, the co-host, <laughs> <laughs> the co-host of the Outsiders podcast. Uh, yeah, so you're saying it is. It's all. It really is all sunshine and rainbows right now. I mean, I guess that's appropriate. It is Pride Month, but like, there's nothing you can criticize about the Grizzlies right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the coach and I are still waiting to see because this is the right, first well, time coach that we've yeah. ever seen do anything, but. I haven't seen do anything that's made me like, man, you know, made me want to go off. Uh, uh, go off I yeah. like it. I, mean, I, even, I even joked with some of the guys from Grizz PR. 
And I told him I don't have any complaints, nothing bad to say. They was like, what? They like, let, let me get this on record. Let, let me record you saying that. Let's <laughs> you don't have anything. But, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's good, man. It's, it's a good time. Just wait till he starts Chandler Parsons in the first game, and then we'll see what <laughs> no, I doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> okay, okay, last day. I was, so I, I was not at the press conference, but I was uh, uh, listening to it, the press conference as it was happening mm-hmm. the other day, John Morant uh, getting, getting introduced. And uh, the legend Jarvis Greer asked the first question. And then, mm-hmm. boom, the second question, there's Anthony Sane. Third right. question, Jessica Benson. I'm like, all right, yeah, this is all a bunch of, a bunch of legends. These are my people here asking the yeah. question. Shout out the to Jarvo. Jarvo. I know he's Gris. listening. Yeah. What's up? Jarvo's great. Every time I see him, I got to slap hands with him every time I see him. He, he laughs because I do it every time. Like, we, I got to. I gotta pay homage to the goat, man. Every time I come we here, probably come. should uh, bow and point when we when we see him. Yeah, uh, I, I hold my head down every time I see him. Like yeah, it, 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 yeah, it is, it is something. But shout out to Jarvis. I know he he listens yeah. and then uh, to the show. We've got um, so you started your question with a cheap pop. Now you tell oh, you're I'm such a wrestling a, fan. I'm such, a wrestling guy. So yeah, like, <laughs> such a cheap pop. You're like you, you. I just want you to. You're like I just. I'm from Memphis. I just want you to know you show love to the city. It will show it back. And man, the crowd right. went like bananas. <laughs> <laughs> that was my face turn. That was my face turn. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my goodness, and um, <laughs> and then you ask. So I'm gonna. This is what I'm doing today. I'm asked. I asked Jessica the question. She asked uh, John Moran. I'm gonna ask you. Uh, mm-hmm. What What do you see the, the the capabilities of Jaron Jackson Jr. and Ja playing together? What tell me? Tell me your what uh, you see with that. I think it could be scary and something that the league has never seen before. And I think the closest comparison to it would be. Maybe when Stephon Marbury and Kevin Garnett were together in Minnesota for those young years, as far as a young athletic big and uh, a young athletic point guard. But if you look at the two the two guys you're talking about, you're talking about a, a version of those two players on steroids, where uh, KG probably was stronger and probably a little bit more, uh, probably probably equally athletic to Jaren. But the way that Jaren can step out and shoot three pointers easily uh, gives him. Uh, something you've never seen before in, in, in a big, and then pairing him with uh, John Moran, who's a super athletic point guard with insane court vision. And I see weird comparisons for John. Like people say, well, he's a Westbrook. Or he's like an Allen Iverson and all these type of things. And I don't think people understand that John Morant is a weird hybrid that you haven't seen in a while. He's If you're going to call him anything, uh, you may want to call him someone like a, a more slender, sleeker Derrick Rose type player who's got – Freak athleticism, but also has elite court vision. But his court vision might even be better than Derrick Rose's was uh, coming out of college as well. Um, I think that's a better comp than some of the the, the Westbrook comps that you'll see uh, for him. But like I said, that combo that could be a combination where you can see two guys who are uh, multiple time All Stars, one of the great duos uh, in the NBA. Yes, it's it's an exciting time to uh, be uh, in this city for basketball uh, right now. Uh, Anthony, it's news breaks this summer. We'll have you back on the show and uh, try to figure out uh, what is next. I don't know what is next, really, with the, with the Memphis Grizzlies. We we will see. Obviously, summer league uh, is, yeah, is on the horizon. Yeah, you got free agency starts in like eight days, so but pro- they'll but, probably do something. But they'll probably do something, but I I don't know. It's, it's really tough. That will show what what they may have in in plan in their plans. But it's hard when you're building your team with rookies and sophomores. You don't really trade for for uh, that for that many uh, young guys at this point. So we'll see. Right. We'll see. They still got you know they still got a couple pieces they can deal with. So mm-hmm. still got uh, Jonas Valanciunas thing going out there. So yeah, right. That yeah. That, that is really that is the next question mark. What's going to happen, Jonas Valanciunas? All right, Anthony. Thank you so much for joining us. Everybody, follow him at. Sane Asylum. Listen to his podcast, The Outsiders Podcast. We'll talk to you soon, Andy. Thanks, man. All right, bro.
All right, we'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll talk wrestling on the radio here on Sports Entertainment. 56 and 87.7 FM.